What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. Scott Grimes is here Thank with you. us. Voiceover, that is like my dream job. I think I just have too distinctive a voice and I can't manipulate it. so why I'm right. not a good singer. This is how great Seth MacFarlane is. I went in to do it and I was talking like this and he goes, good, now just get rid of the neck thing that you just did because it's one, it's ugly. And then I just came out like this and came up with this guy named Steve Smith who has a tiny little lisp, but so does Scott Grimes, so it's perfect. What women binge wherever you listen. Afford Anything is a podcast that teaches you how to be smart with your money. As a small business, you don't have the resources to pay the level of overhead and for the level of services that a Fortune 500 company could afford. So I certainly understand why, if you want to offer benefits, the providers of that, that that fee is going to be higher because there's more account management per employee. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. We have a retired major, Terry Sladek, with us. He's not in his uh, school board role, which he's now. Do we call you retired now as a school board? <laughs> I, I prefer emeritus. Okay. Emeritus. There you go. Yes. But you are retired major, Terry Sladek. And we have some stories here about how last year was the worst year for military recruiting since Vietnam. Were you aware of that? I was. Now, do you have a theory as to why that is? I, I don't know that I'll call it a theory. It's it's what it is. Uh, we, we there's there, there's a lot of stuff here to talk about. Now I have two guys that I went. You know, as, as I think you're vaguely aware, I, I spent a lot of time in Iraq and Afghanistan, and um, and I'm currently wearing the boots right now to be in the proper mindset that I wore in Iraq in '11 and Afghanistan in '12. But I had two Marines that I went on these tours with that are still in, and we still communicate frequently on stuff exactly like this readiness and and morale and things like that but in terms of the recruitment thing the you know the the numbers we start we have to start with the numbers so the people that get into the military with very few exceptions are from age 17 you know to age 30 period young people right and how many of them are actually eligible the military if you're on Ritalin they won't take you Okay, they will not take you. If you're on a laundry list of other stuff that a lot of kids are on, they won't take you. Is that a good thing? Well, as a guy who used to handle high explosives and automatic weapons for a living, having the guy next to me not taking Ritalin always made me feel better. Okay, so that's that's right. okay. Right. right. No, it's it's a safety thing. Yeah. And, 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 you know, are there certain... Now, I believe they're going to have to fix... Not, not to fix. They're going to have to address this problem. And I'm going to bet you dimes to donuts that... Ritalin, just to use one example, they're going to start giving waivers like that, like they're giving out uh, nickels, okay? Because they have to get the bodies into the seats in the military. So, so the first one is the the pharmaceutical use via prescription. Then there's the pharmaceutical use of well, drugs, illegal drugs, okay? The recruiter can't sign the kid who smokes dope every week, every day. They can't. Um, they're, now are they going to start giving waivers on that too? That's for another talk. But why this pool of 18 to 30 year olds is, is out of the universe of 18, 30 year olds, they say that 24% of 
those 18 to 30 year olds that are in the universe are eligible. So meaning 75% are not because of their pharmaceutical use, their illicit drug use, but more important than that, morbid obesity. These kids can't jog a mile. They can't do 10 sit-ups. They can't do five push-ups. They can't, John, Christina, they can't do it. Kids have gotten, and we've talked about more. Can we get them into basic training and run them into shape? That's not the purpose of basic training per se is to be a fat farm. But maybe we need to change that. Uh, no, again, these things are all being discussed in Washington, D.C. right now. I, I, I assure you because they need the bodies, even even as the lowest common denominator. I mean, they when you look at, you understand what an ASVAB score is, the Armed Services Vocational Aptitude Battery. It's the SAT test to get in the military. So everyone goes, okay, what services out of the four main services? I'm not calling the uh, National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Administration's military, even though technically I guess they are. Um, if you look at the four major branches in the military, five including the Coast Guard, which ones have the highest SAT scores, meaning ASVABs? It's always the Air Force. It's a bunch of computer guys. God love you. You know, you, I couldn't do it, right? Um, and then they go, well, it should be the Navy. They have nuclear weapons and submarines and airplanes. They should be number two. Marines are always number two. Well, how can that be? We're a bunch of knuckle-dragging Neanderthals, as evidenced by the trustee. Well, because why isn't the Navy with their nukes? The Navy has this dirty little secret. Okay, all my Navy buddies out there. The Navy has to get about 1,000 recruits every year who spend their four years in the Navy scraping paint off big gray ships nine <laughs> hours a day. Mm -hmm. And if you had a, a, a 95 ASVAB, which is a very high ASVAB, and you were said to do that. You're not going to do that. In about three weeks, you'd be looking for a weapon to take out your chief petty officer. <laughs> so, so that 1,000 a year drags down the Navy's ASVAB score average. So the Marines are, are, are up there. So is the Navy going to start taking these kids with 41 uh, ASVAB scores versus a 95, which is superb, and getting more paint scrapers or, or the jobs that – are really frowned upon because if you look at military recruiting, the Navy recruiting, I'd love to talk about, look at a bunch of Navy ads. Well, heck, the Navy consists of, of, of uh, fighter pilots and SEALs. They don't show the guys scraping paint, all right? So, so I'm, I'm throwing a, a, a number of things at, out, out to you. A statistic that I've, I've come upon that no one wants to talk about, but it, this was foreseeable. So in 1995, when we were completely in a peacetime mode, the number of the universe of 18 to 30-year-old possible recruits, 45% of them had had a parent in 1995, the parents of those kids who were eligible, is a military veteran. You know what the percentage of military veterans as parents of the universe of kids available today is? Well, I'm, I can see where you're going here. It's 13%. Yeah, it's down. Okay, and so if you want to have one factor that's going to be driving recruitment is dad did it, Uncle Bob did it, um, but we don't have that anymore. And there's there's reasons that are some good or bad, but we're looking for why we're having these problems that we're having, and they are giant problems. Um, now, here's where I want to contribute something that I'm not seeing when I read all the things that you're reading about this story. It's a leadership problem, folks, okay? If, if you are considering joining the, the Air Force, the Navy, the Marine Corps, whatever, whatever, you know somebody from your high school class or your brother's high school class or the one before you who did, and you're talking to them, hey, what do you think? Was it everything you thought? 
And if the answer is no, because I've got XYZ people in my leadership chain who are morons and bozos, and more and more, that's what we're finding. And this is the feedback I'm getting from the guys I know that are still in, is that the leadership is absolutely in a crisis. That's, that's, you know, throwing a bunch of stuff in the pot. Now let's do, uh, let's turn on the heat and stir it around. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a good place to start. Do you think people, I mean, you're, everything you're saying leads me to think because they don't have relatives or friends and all these other things that they don't want to be in the military. Well, it scares the living daylights out of the moms. Okay. So, so my, uh, my oldest daughter, who just got married last year, back in high school, she uh, had a boyfriend who, you know, and she graduated Bullard in 13. And, you know, he was, every time I was home from the Middle East, he'd be at our house and he wanted to hear the stories and see the boots with the mud on them and this and that. And, and folks, as soon as he graduated from Bullard, he joined the Marine Corps and he actually went to my unit. Okay. I mean, it's a, it's a phenomenal story for another time. But I'll tell you what, when he actually got to the real Marine Corps in 2014, we weren't sending kids to Afghanistan and Iraq anymore, and his mom liked that. Yeah. So when we're in the middle of a shooting war from, you know, 2011 or 2000, you know, 2001, you know, through fundamentally, when I left Afghanistan last time in 2012, it really was kind of, hey, last uh, Marine, uh, take down the flag and turn out the lights because this is over. Yes, we had guys that were there after that. I understand that, but not tens of thousands of them doing what I did. Yeah. Well, I would imagine, too, that that runs probably true for law enforcement as well, in the sense that it's a family member, it's kind of in the family, and um, and so I, I'm, I, can, it's, I can understand. Because for mom, it's, it's a little bit more known what you're getting yourself into, whereas if you don't have that background, you don't know what your child is getting themselves into right? You have perspective. So I understand that. The thing that stands out to me here for, for this too is, is, you know, you talked about the prescription drug reuse, the non-prescription drug use, and also obesity. One of the things that we talked about during COVID and the pandemic was what better time to get a message of health out to people than during that time. And instead we said, stay home. You know, I think I think morbid obesity, obesity issues is going to be a very a much bigger problem for this country beyond just even military law. We talk here about law enforcement. We hear about um, fire public servants in general, firefighters. People don't meet these standards. Yes. Yeah, so what is what is the response to the people running these organizations? Hey, let's lower the standards. And yeah. I think you're, into, well, you're have implying to it's dangerous. Are they well, going to have to? Well, LAPD made this thing. I'm sure you saw it yesterday. Yes. Where we're going to start, uh, in order to have our diversity, equity, access, and inclusion, we're going to, lower, oh, what could possibly go wrong with that? And and if if, if Major Sladek or Captain Sladek, whichever war, you know, is, is in a uh, is in a bunker or in a, in a gunfight in Iraq or, or Afghanistan, do I really want to, to know that the person or some of the people supporting me and keeping me alive uh, are there because of a quota? The answer is no, no. just in case you didn't get no, that. No, I think I did. Now, they say the Army has been uh, re-implementing be all you can be as a way to recruit. And, you know, it just seems to me, I guess you just can't say, come fight a war. I mean, what <laughs> what, what are we going to the military for? It seemed I was hearing for the last 10 years, a lot of people were joining because you get free education. 
And I'm thinking, is that really the reason we want people to join the military? So they can get a free education or what? Now they're paying people. They got cash bonuses. They have this one thing that you can get a recruiting ribbon to wear if you recruit one other person. Now, do you want a recruiting ribbon on your chest, Major Sladek? Uh, no, no, and no. <laughs> but let me let me circle back to the, you know, I joined for the free college education money. So as, as I think you're aware, so Sladek was in in the 80s, got out after that because it was the peacetime military, and I got to see some of the things we're going to talk about in terms of the fun stuff wasn't there. Okay, but I'll, I'll get back to that. So, so then I went back in in 06. And the stories I heard from the, the, the leadership and even the rank and file Marines, the boots on the ground Marines, of the, of the, the young men, because I'm an infantry guy, we don't have girls in the Marine Corps infantry, so I'm not being you know, against women, but we don't have girls in the infantry of the Marine Corps. So when 9-11 happened, and all of a sudden, we're going into a shooting war shortly thereafter somewhere, and ultimately in, in Iraq in uh, 03. How many people in the U.S. military all of a sudden go, Hey, this ain't what I signed up for. I came in for the college exactly. benefits. Exactly. I mean, it's, that's what I mean. If you're, if right. that, but if that's what you're recruiting, what do you expect to get? The the recruiters is the hardest job in the world. What does a recruiter have to sell? I don't care what branch. Let's use the four major branches though in this thing. This is the ultimate sales job, and I mean this with all respect in the world. You're selling the ultimate intangible. You're selling service, selflessness, patriotism. Mm -hmm. That is the ultimate. And so I, I believe absolutely that the military recruiters, because they go to a six-month school and only the best of the best who succeed in that school in the Marine Corps get to be recruiters. Um, these are the greatest, because the, the second hardest intangible to sell, in my opinion, is insurance. If, if you aren't getting you insurance biggies, Dermanuel and Defendus and DeBudio and, uh, and, and uh, Jim Parker in town, if you guys don't have a career track to get these former recruiters into the insurance sales business, because they, be huh? they, they were selling the only harder intangible to sell than insurance. Yeah. So, so there's, there's, again, we got a lot of stuff on the table here. I know, I know we got to go to a break. Well, yeah, we got to go to a break and um, we'll come back. But I just, I don't know, I guess, I guess you can't just sell what you said, patriotism, you know, service to country, maybe you'll die. Not a good selling point. You're, you're, <laughs> gonna, you're gonna get the, the, the Terry Sladek in 1984 or 2006, but that's, we don't have enough of them. Yeah. 490-5858 if you wanna weigh in on this. Terry Sladek is here, uh, Major Terry Sladek, a retired Marine, and we're talking about the fact that last year was the worst recruiting year since Vietnam for the military and with all this stuff going on with Ukraine and Taiwan and China and Russia, what are we going to do? Roscoe Musan here on KMJ. We've got retired Major Trustee. I, I see it's it's like automatic <laughs> in me, Terry. Retired Major Terry Sladek in studio with us this morning. We're talking about recruitment of the military being the lowest that it's been since Vietnam. And I was looking at some of these numbers, and, and we've kind of touched on this a bit. You talked about the Marine Corps. It says technically it's met its recruiting marks for 2022, but only after reducing its goals. Following a decade of mixed, missed targets, it said the Navy also met its active duty enlisted recruitment goals last year, but you touched on this and increased the number of recruits it accepted from the lowest aptitude percentile. The Air Force missed its goals. The Air National Guard missed its goals. The Coast Guard missed its goals. Everyone else has missed its goals. And it sounds like you, if you met your goals, it's because you lowered your standards. 
And lowering standards doesn't seem to be a very good idea, in your opinion. I mean, I spent almost four years of my life in Iraq and Afghanistan, um, many of those years on the front lines, and you always wanted to know that the guy next to you could figure it out. Okay, so let's talk about Ritalin really quickly. Yes. Because some people might say, well, I have a child on Ritalin. It helps them focus. What's the problem with Ritalin? I, it's it's this simple. Let's say that you were with me at Combat Outpost Pain in southern Afghanistan in 2009. We are the furthest remote south military unit in this war. We didn't get stuff. We didn't get mail. We didn't get food. What happens when little Bobby's Ritalin runs out and he's in that transition phase? And I'm not a pharmacologist. Sure. But all of a sudden, Bobby is used to being here because this is where his Ritalin keeps him. And all of a sudden that Ritalin has run out because we haven't gotten a resupply in three weeks. And all of a sudden, do you want the the shaky Bobby or the steady Bobby when stuff's hitting the fan, I ask you? Well, good explanation there. Again, I could give you 15 others, but that's the number one. I mean, I can understand, you know, um, obesity, weight, why that would definitely be an issue. You know, um, I understand that. But the I thank you for the explanation on Ritalin because that makes complete sense. You don't want... A shaky person out there with you. When, you when you can't get the medication. When you can't get the medication, yeah. With, with the high explosives and automatic weapons. <laughs> I mean, let's let's put it in its... Again, Absolutely. And again, uh, but, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm overemphasizing the fact I was the trigger-pulling infantry Marine. That's a very small percentage of the Marine Corps. It's a very small percentage of the Army. It's zero in the Air Force, and it's very small in the Navy. So, but, but that's where we're going to have all the accidents and bad things happen. Hey, let me ask you this. I brought up this uh, slogan for the Army... It says they've been the most active of the five branches so far in implementing a renewed push for recruits. And one of the simplest and most popular changes is the reintroduction of be all you can be. What do you think of that slogan? I think someone's selling you a hill of beans. Yeah. Well, is that selling the intangible? If you do it right, it, it, you're absolutely correct. But they've been trying to sell this intangible in one way, shape or form. This is simply a new spin on selling the ultimate intangible. You know, we talked about the benefits, you know, uh, schooling, bonuses, things of that sort. I always imagined that those that wanted to be in the military, like law enforcement, like public servants, were there because they wanted to help people. Because at the end of the day, they wanted to serve their country. But you're saying that's not always the case. Well, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm, it's going to be public now. I'm a fan of that Demi Moore movie, G.I. Jane. I like that movie. Do you, you remember that one at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, I right. do. All right, so when she gets all beat up and she's in the sick bay getting sewn up and the, and the Navy doctor says, why are you putting yourself through this? She goes, do you ask the men that? She goes, absolutely. Actually, I do. She goes, what do they say? Because I get to blow stuff up. Okay? <laughs> and it's like, and why are you doing it? Same exact reason. Okay. Okay. Now, one of the things in this, this bizarre military that we have now with, okay, so I know guys that are in artillery units, big howitzers, 155 millimeter things that shoot a, a shell 26 miles away and put it through a doorway. Those howitzers in many of these units, John, you know, instead of being at Camp Pendleton, you know where they are now? They're in Ukraine. Mm. And the Marines who gave them to be sent to Ukraine were told, don't expect them back ever. Okay, so, so what are these artillery or Marines doing when they should be training with their howitzers when their howitzers are in Ukraine? They're not being artillery or Marines. Now, I know other Marines that are machine gunners. They have machine, that's what your MOS is, your military occupational specialty. Last year in the training budget, if you're an, a, a machine gun 
MOS, military occupational specialty, that's your job. You know how many, how much ammo you got to shoot over the course of the year? 50 bullets. Mm. Now, machine guns shoot a lot of bullets, John. Yeah. 50 bullets, you know, uh, they train you at machine gun school. Well, I was these, reading that we can't keep up with the bullets that they need in Ukraine. We're not making enough. Because we're shipping all our stuff there. Yeah, but we're not making enough even for them. No, and oh, well, I remember when I was in in the 80s, we were not making ammo. It was the peacetime mid-80s. We weren't making ammo either. To, in order to get stuff for my guys to have things to shoot and blow up, I was going into the bowels of, of, of ammo storage, and I found some grenades, true story, from the Korean War. <laughs> And they didn't work really well, and about half of them would <laughs> refuse to blow up, which is a whole other problem. But but the point is, you know, there is a giant problem. But this goes to if you're in the military and you're 22 or 18 or 25, and you, you don't get to do fun stuff with weapons and training, and it's hard. These kids who join the Marines, I can't speak for the Air Force. The Marines who join the, the men and women who join the Marines, they want to be challenged, and it's not happening right now. I wish we had more time. We're going to have to do this again because there's a lot more we could talk there's about. There's so much more. We've got to move on here. Awesome. But thanks for coming in. Thanks. Always a pleasure. Yeah. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. Yay! The Hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, what, is it real? <laughs> in 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What Women Binge, wherever you listen.